three, two, one. Welcome to What the Shuck. The goal of What the Shuck podcast is to provide a platform for those people with a positive or influential idea that has in some way helped me to change my life, but they will also help you to navigate the tribulations that life is going to throw you while helping you to achieve your biggest goals. However, I also plan to put a spotlight on people who make Kentucky such a unique and awesome place. So throughout my podcast, I will be interviewing people of all professions, arts, and honestly just anyone with a cool idea that should be heard. My next guest is a specialist in neuroscience, and he is a guy that I met at Everybody Fights. His name is Michael Edwards, and he has some very interesting, cool ideas that I want to show you guys and introduce you to. So if you don't care, just uh, introduce yourself and tell us about why, uh, how our past met and things like that. Thank you so much, man. It's, uh, it's an honor to be on your podcast. Um, so yeah, we met actually at Everybody Fights, um, and uh, we had... Uh, a moment of resonation between us where we both experienced uh, head injuries, um, which is a big hot topic right now too, especially with uh, what just happened, we just talked about with Australia, uh, dying of CTE, um, which is a chronic traumatic encephalopathy. It's a, it's a big word to say, but um, it's really about de- degenerative disorder that happens from subconcussive hits uh, to the head, so it ends up being deterioration of the, the neurons so that's going to be like your parkinson's or your alzheimer's or dementia it's going to be like that and it slowly descent kind of disintegrates the brain but uh yeah the story goes is we both had head injuries and um we we really overcame a lot me and you both uh so i think this top this this podcast is going to really help a lot of people so we can go any trajectory that you'd like uh to do with the symptoms we don't really have to say how devastating that is um your your whole world pretty much collapsed under underneath you but uh to come out of it um it's it's a resilience mindset to it that you know you're not going to have that beat you you're going to beat it and that's one of the biggest things i'd like to explain first is the the mindset that you have to have that needs to honestly be taught in clinics um uh, about you know that you can heal because i i got the label like you probably you go to the neurologist and they give you the label that you're this way for life. But that's not true. You know, there's so much you can do. And uh, I've been there with so many, like we can talk about hyperbaric oxygen therapy, can talk about, you know, photobiomodulation. Um, and uh, my favorite topic right now, since I'm a little biased, but I'm a big believer in neurofeedback right now. God really helped me to get my brain back on track. So that's that's something I would like to touch base a little bit more on. Totally, man. And I know that for me, being able to be combative against this issue was so important. And having that attitude that it's possible was almost like the most important part because it was really tough at times. You know, you feel like you're not yourself for months at a time after a concussion and you have a serious brain injury and you're like a TBI or something like that or even worse, then it's just like, you know, it's going to be hard to get over this, but you can do it. And there's so much literature exploding that you're kind of touching base on right now and just so much research that's been just transformative to so many people. I know that that's where I kind of got really into podcasts was learning about neuroplasticity and just ways to hack your brain after a brain injury and to make sure that, because I know I've had multiple concussions prior to even that just from playing sports. 
So when you were telling me your story and just how you overcame these issues that I was going through myself, I was like, wow, so this is like, this is very common. This happens probably to a lot of people. So, I mean, to touch base as what you were talking about, neurofeedback. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so uh, a lot of um, brain-related uh, issues is a resort of not the anatomy of the brain. You know, I'm, did you get an MRI? Yeah, uh, sure. So you'll probably see with that brain scan, it looks fine. But uh, underneath that veil, there's uh, the brain activity is uh, dysregulated. So that's really what's happening is the electrical activity and uh, is really wreaking the, the symptoms that someone's experiencing. So, you know, I got into brain mapping a few years ago where uh, you can actually see the, the targeted like points on the brain inside of it where there is that dysregulation. So... Um, what neurofeedback does is it's really helping to regulate those areas and then it kind of balances the brain out. It's reaching that homeostasis so it's learning how to heal itself um, and uh, it's done, it's very non-invasive too. You just really like uh, the brain picks up on feedback that it's receiving whether it's audio or visual uh, through, you know, are you familiar with the uh, Skinner pigeons at all? No. Like the no. operant conditioning. So, like Pavlov's dog, when they ring the bell, the dog salivates. Mm -hmm. um, it's going off of that um, little method there. Uh, the Skinner pigeons, they um, every minute, I believe, I'm, I'm not exactly sure the time frame, but they would drop a little bit of food in the in this um, container for the pigeons to eat. And the pigeons kind of picked up on it that maybe their behavior had something to do with the food coming out. Like if I if I danced a little bit or if I kind of moved my head, nodded a little bit, that the food would come out. But it was just a timely thing. It wasn't having anything to do with their behavior. Uh, but it just goes to show that, especially for the brain, it craves stimulus. And uh, I'm sure if you've heard of like isolation. Like, not necessarily like the float tanks, which we can get at, which is really I've great. done that before. It's super cool. So we can definitely talk about that. Most people are super unfamiliar with that. Well, let's get into that actually right now. So how's been your experience with that? So I had heard about it on Joe Rogan's podcast. And I'd also, my first exposure to it was probably like in Stranger Things. And I was like, this shit's crazy. I'm Joe Rogan's crazy for doing that. And then I just heard him keep talking about how like therapeutic it was to like how he could clear his mind. And he was like, but the first time you, first few times you get in there, you're going to maybe have a panic attack because your body is literally not used to this sort of stimulation of your mind because it's only your mind essentially. And you're not used to being one-on-one -on -one with your thoughts 100%. You don't feel anything but your thoughts. You're in this dark, warm room and you can choose to have music or you can choose to like have the lights on, but I chose to have no music and I chose to have the lights off too because I wanted just, I wanted complete like... Conscious thoughts and subconscious thoughts being like capable to like fire in every way, and I honestly got in there and like ten minutes in, I started like having a horrible panic attack. Horrible! I don't even have panic attacks. And I was like, <sighs> and I just felt like the walls were closing in. And then as as soon as it stopped, it was just like I was floating in my own mind, and I was like, oh my gosh! Like I I did not know you could sort you could obtain this sort of consciousness within your own head, and I was like. I'm going to start doing this often. Let's let's really get into this right here. Let's get into the measurements of what's going on in the brain. Uh, so, brain waves. Uh, you're you're 
dominantly accessing theta when you're in the flow tank. That's exactly it's your and theta is your um, subconscious, really personalized beneath the iceberg, like stuff that you don't know that's going on behind the scenes. That's you're on autopilot like most of your life. Let's talk about the default mode network for a mm-hmm. second. And about, I mean, studies vary, but it's about like 80% of your time is spent in that zone, which that's a long time to be spent. It is. That's a lot. That's yeah. actually crazy to hear. Um, so you're not really in control of you, if you think about it. You're kind of running off of your past experiences, your beliefs. Like, it's really affecting you moment by moment. And uh, I saw this really interesting optical illusion i'm into like things to trick the mind mm-hmm. uh actually i used to get i thought i was going to be a magician when i was a kid because mm-hmm. i loved tricking people <laughs> um so that was it's kind of crazy that this is you <laughs> got into tricking the mind though it's That's like you're right. like i'm going to trick other people but really the coolest person to trick it yourself thank you yeah it's um there's this optical illusion i just saw where uh, you stare at a castle and um it's it's like a like you know the thermographs where it's like black ops style you, mm. it's kind of that color and you stare at it and then it flips to a black and white black and white version of it um, but what happens is the brain gets tricked and it creates the, the vivid colors onto it so this really blew me away because what is reality? so your brain actually projects like a colored reality yeah, I can I'll send that to you I'll send that your That web- is crazy. Okay. And I'll post it on my on okay, my yeah. webpage. Put that on. It's just a quick Instagram. 30 second. That's yeah. crazy. Try it. We'll try it right after this. Okay. But uh, you're really, really, let's, so really that's a great analogy for like, what's going on that I'm really painting this picture right here. Like it's not an objective experience as much as it is subjective. Like right now, me and you talking, like we're taking different things away from it because we're filtering it out. Um, filtering, accessing different you know areas of our brain, which another cool thing about brainwaves is um, there's a really cool uh, TED talk with this guy that he talks about when people, you know, the um, so on the same wavelength, that saying, like, we're on the same wavelength. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that... I um, totally believe in that, by the way. I mean, I'm sure you're about to say there's some science proving it. <laughs> I can, I'll send you another link here. Um, it's uh, this guy. Um, I believe he was a German man, and he uh, PhD in neuroscience. But he essentially proved that when two people are understanding each other, the same areas of the brain uh, are in sync. So you really are empathizing with that person. You're really connecting with them. On a deep level. So do you think it's based off of visual stimulation or audio stimulation or all of it at the same time or just maybe even emotion? Like how, like... That's a great question. Um, it's really like what they did the study on was a comedian. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, if the people got the joke, all people's brains in the audience lit up at the same way. That's a really good one to do that on, actually. Yeah. Okay, so, that's a super interesting study. Yeah, I'll send that to you. But essentially, um, are you familiar familiar with like the main brain waves of the brain um i mean i've just heard what joe dispenza is talking about like oh, yeah. beta brain waves alpha brain waves and then you said theta brain waves like right for sure okay maybe there's other ones but i've heard those three for sure with joe dispenza actually um i think some of his statistics are i'd like to look more into mm-hmm. but I, I do believe it i mean having experienced meditation the float tanks and that personally i believe in that um that was a big part of my healing too 
So uh, that really, what when he talks about standard deviations, because he talks about that in his like measurements that he does, mm-hmm. um, twelve standard deviations above norm when it reaches like that meditation that he does. But um, essentially, you're you'll see that, and also this might get a little bit more woo woo right here. But um, <laughs> no, that's what I want okay, to talk yeah. about. Though is like the cool like most people are like it's easy to just like just be like this is not possible but something that me and my roommate actually talk about all the time is it's like irresponsible for you as a human to look at anything and be like it's not possible like you should at least in the like in some way be like it could happen like it might not be possible so likely but it's (laughs) like it is in some ways likely and it's like Mm -hmm. irresponsible for you to be like completely discredit anything Am I? That's, I don't know. Agree. Maybe some people would agree with that. Some people would disagree. But we are we are very like science driven people now. We like to see the show me the data. Mm-hmm. You know, like show me the evidence. Show me this. Uh, so really, with brain, <coughs> with brain maps yeah. and you're, you're good, uh, like EEG and all those measurements, it's helping to uh, demystify what's going on. Like, okay, so now we have a measurement. Like we're quantifying stuff. Like that's the quantified self movement. You know all that going on now. Um, that's the future of you know brain health too. It's like to quantify what's going on in the brain, not just the anatomy. It's the function. So uh, yeah, um, but you you know brain waves are very complicated. <laughs> uh, when someone says like, oh well, uh, you're in delta, you're in theta, or you know, it's really I've learned through doing the practice I'm doing. Speaking of the castle, too, I've been doing brain maps at the Kentucky Castle. Okay. We're, we're getting this started. You know, we talked about with, uh, you know, so that's up and coming. Uh, we, we moved locations now. We're trying to make this commercialized. Mm-hmm. So so after a person comes in to do a brain map, they can, uh, you know, do it at home, the training, and kind of have, you know, coaching with that so they know how to train their brain. Um, but that's up and coming though but the it's really uh brain waves are really complicated i mean delta is mostly associated with sleep uh theta is we're going up the 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 bridge of consciousness if you mm-hmm. will so delta is the unconscious uh theta is the subconscious and that's going to be like your daydreaming and you know more of imagination uh alpha is going to be I'm sure you heard of like in the zone mm-hmm. you know the zone yeah. yeah i can't remember who the the study the person who did that he's either german or russian if i'm not mistaken but yeah for sure so actually let's go back in way back in the history of uh eeg technology so um this man i don't know i can't say the whole story off the bat Uh, it's but essentially what happened was he got injured with a horse like he was riding a horse and fell off of it or something like that and then his sister contacted him like they were out of state. They were different areas. And she just had a hunch or a feeling that he fell off a horse. So he believed in ESP after that. And he dedicated his whole life to trying to measure ESP. And that's where he found alpha waves. So that was like he believed that alpha waves was the ESP, which, you know, you, you get more into that possibly. But uh, it's mostly just about... That's where it all started, and now it's it just blew up, and uh, now we're talking about gamma and all these other brain waves that you know. But um, alpha is going to be like your mostly that's associated with like default and you know routine oriented tasks. So if you're like 
So where you said you're at 80% of the time, right? Yeah, similar to that. It's uh, The slower brain brain waves are going to be like your, your idling and stuff. When you get up to beta and, and stuff like that, that's going to be more of like your active thinking like us talking right now. So... Um, and to touch on that, I think that that's been something that I've really found to be really important through doing the podcast is that you have to be constantly in thought. You can't just be like, because you'll be talking to somebody, and if you're not really paying attention, that's why in the very beginning when I would do podcasts, I would be like, um, um, and now I've literally right. gotten to where I'm like conscious about it, and it's yeah. like I'm ho- I have a sentient at my mind that's like <laughs> being conscious and being like, hey, pay attention, yeah, mm-hmm. focus, yes, make sure you're in the zone, like you said, in like it's zone. time, it's game time. Yeah, and it's just been super important because even when I have a conversation with someone outside of this now, I'm even just like, hey, focus on what they're saying. Maybe if you remember this, there'll be a payoff. Like you said, those certain. those pigeons doing a little dance. Yeah. Like, all right, I'm a little, <laughs> little dance time. All right, because this person's going to remember you being like, oh, I remember this happening because we had mm-hmm. you're being thoughtful. And as we even move up, as we move up to the waves, I'm sure that it, we're going to even see more benefits, I'm sure, right? Yeah, definitely. So uh, maybe we should, maybe we could do a podcast in a float tank together. <laughs> that would be an interesting take, but I'm sure there's no float tank podcast going on. That would be something, right? Yeah. We could do the next big thing right there. <laughs> um, the last one I just want to touch on is, you know, uh, anything above 22 hertz uh, on, a, on a brainwave scale usually is an uh, artifact. An artifact is going to be like um, not real. It's going to be like not be coming from the brain. Um, but it's weird because you jump into it and above 100 hertz or so, like around 40 to 100, it's going to be gamma. So then it actually is real. So it's interesting. It's uh, it's <laughs> that's what's that's more associated with what people call ESP and, and things like that. Getting more into like, which essentially like you know touching base on the theta waves and how that's really healing. Uh, you'll have sparks of gamma in that. So the the faster waves are actually carried by the slower waves. Um, so it's interesting. The brain is like an orchestra, and it's really orchestrating um, the communication between the whole brain so it's really fascinating the more i got into it um i've i've always surprised myself with what i found have you ever heard about the stoned ape theory oh yeah that's such an interesting thing that i'm always like super curious about and i'm like i need more information on this because it sounds so cool if that's like how our brains really grew we were apparently to touch on this we were apparently little monkey people and we were um, pillaging through some poo-poo um, <laughs> under cow patties and there was these little fungi that had grown off of them and we started eating them and our brains like exponentially exploded in growth and like our consciousness as we became homo sapiens has been somewhat directed towards that and it's just kind of interesting to be like alright so, so t- fast forward to today there are studies at like John Hopkins, New York University, and leading people who are saying there are therapeutic um, benefits for psilocybin and um, MDMA. And I just wanted to also hear about what you had to say about that, if that's anything you've even talked about or if you are like, familiar with it at all. Oh, for certain, yeah. That's something that, uh, you know, I'm not going to say just yet the company I'm working with because we're trying to, but that's exactly what they're trying to push right now is plant medicine. Mm-hmm. And I think that it has its place. It's like another tool in the toolbox. 
Um, but yeah, that's really gaining traction. I personally haven't used anything yet. I'm interested in microdosing though later on, and uh, just like uh, the studies are compelling, really. I mean, like uh, lots of stuff going. Like with a therapist in a controlled mm-hmm. environment, they're showing like crazy results with both. Also, psil- not psilocybin, but also. Um, Ketamine. Okay, yeah. Ketamine is also one they're finding a lot of because it's Definitely. a non-addictive. That's like the biggest thing I think that they're finding is why it's so good is because there's a non-addictive benefit to it, which is a big issue that we face. So yes. continue. Sorry, dude. No, interrupt. you're good. No, that's great. Great to bring up because it's exactly what I was going to say too. Is those like ayahuasca and things like that. If it's done controlled, it's the thing though is you need to find someone who is. That is what they do, and they do it well. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part. Not Billy down the street that's like, hey, bro, I've got a couple of hits of LSD. Let's trip our balls off. Like, exactly. Not the yeah, move. You'll end up really like a dude that's like, I believe I'm a glass of orange juice now, and I've been sitting on this edge of orange juice <laughs> land for like eight years, and I'm just oh, trapped that's, here. So Yeah, that's, uh, I've heard of that one before. It's the salvia, right? That's that one. I looked into I looked into a lot of these hallucinogens because you know, I was so interested and how what goes on in the brain there like these people will dissociate and literally they'll think that they're like a cup of orange juice i mean i I don't know that's really interesting but um that's like one of the hardest ones of hardest hallucinogens is salvia yeah that's uh yeah i got really on a kick of that never did any of it surprisingly kind of scared to do it really yeah i don't want to be a cup of orange juice i don't want to be a cup of orange juice really (laughs) is it pope or non-pope yeah (laughs) Maybe if it's a pulp, I might. No, no. <laughs> Get all those good nutrients little and bit vitamins. A little bit of fiber in there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's... Um, so, yeah, that's touching the base on it. But, um, yeah, no, the connections change. You know, really, it's about... They found mostly with that stuff... Have you ever heard... Um, I think it's a book, How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. No, but I'm interested. Yeah, so he talks a lot about that on there. Um but essentially, it's a lot to do with plant medicines, and he kind of tries to show it with the, the measurements of the brain. So really, it's accessing the default mode network like we talked about. Mm-hmm. So what these drugs kind of do is they'll lower how much time you spend in default mode network. They'll kind of like disconnect that area. So that's really who you are is the identity that you put on yourself. Like, you know, I am Austin. I am Michael. Like, we put these identities, but you kind of just when people talk about meditation or uh, you know, these hallucinogens, it's really quieting that. And then it's, you, you have this space where it's like, okay, now you can kind of really dig into your own. You're like truly disconnected from what's going on and you're capable of only seeing your thoughts or like what is actually truly in front of you. You almost don't even think about anything else. I know like literally when I did the, the float tank, I literally couldn't think about anything else other than like what was in my head. It was like there was no outside world. It was like only my thoughts. And uh, for me, what I did that was super therapeutic is I would imagine myself doing things while I'd be doing that. And it was like I was building those neural pathways to where when it started to happen, I was already kind of already making it happen and it had already mapped that out. And it was like your body had already experienced it. And I was telling myself through this projection that, hey, you've already been here. Just like when we're doing this podcast through meditation, I'm sitting here and when I was first doing it, I would get psyched out. But now I'm just like, hey, we're just doing this. like, And I've already seen myself do this and you know you can do it. So why are you freaking out? 
And it's just like, I don't even get nervous now. I don't even like get freaked out. And it's just super fun now because I'm just letting my brain work and not like beating myself up. Well explained and beautifully said. I mean, that's exactly like what I did too when I was in the float tank. It's a, you visualize the end really of what the result, the result you want and uh, you make it really vivid. That's exactly, that's really brought a lot of great things to this. Truly, yeah. yeah. That's why there's a podcast. I'm sure that's why you're able mm-hmm. to do the work that you're doing now is because you seriously... Yes, exactly. You conceive it within your mind. You can put it out there. It's really, it's all, all inside of you. Just access it, you know? It's like a lot of what... Um, Nikola Tesla really has this quote that's that made me think, too, is about like where my thoughts are coming from. And it's like saying that he's a receiver, really, to these thoughts. Like he's accessing like this different uh, feature or like realm... So just a database. Yeah, this database up above us. You know? People also have these little like theories of the brain where we have this like little uh, you know force field above us. Yeah, you know, we really do. But then that they're kind of accessing that force field really. But um, you know that's that's getting more woo woo rather than sticking to the. No, I still stuff, also like I'm on the same like once you experience something like that where you are just so just so disconnected with your like outside world and it's literally just your thoughts like you really can kind of be like right, i understand where that stuff is coming from because you're like why, why is that thought in my head like yeah why did i think that just now yeah. like what the heck like how did this from? get processed yeah like it's so true and it's like you you literally know that your brain didn't just like at least you don't think like oh just I was sitting here, and then all of a sudden, this song pops up in my head, and it's like, where did that come from? Yeah. Like, why did I just I all of a sudden want to sing Post Malone? Like, why? <laughs> it's catchy, I get it, but like, why is like, why did that brainwave run just now? Like, exactly. what was the importance of it? And just learning to, to make sure that you're really in control of those brainwaves will really help you, because that's what, mm-hmm. from being forced to meditate in that float tank, I have learned to meditate and it helps even when I run. It helps when I'm like at work. And people are like, dude, how do you keep your shit together? Like, and I'm like, I didn't used to be like that. But this this thing on a float tank. And they're like, shut, shut up, dude. You This float tank did not help you this much. And I'm like, no, I swear. Like, it like. Yes. I learned that what's going on in your head is really the only thing that matters. And you yeah. cannot allow everything else to psych you out. Because if you do. You have to keep your internal dialogue stronger than everything that's outside because you know that the outside's there. You know that it's always around. That realm, like you said, is going to be the thing where you're going to get that internal dialogue from. And if you're allowing the external to kick your ass, then you don't have a chance to even get close to what's going on inside. And just learning to combat myself has helped me to, like, not when shit's going against and hitting the fan, I'm able to keep myself together. So. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I have this little quote where it's like, when you control your inner world, like the outer world just can't have an effect on you. It's really, and like sweat more in training, bleed less in war. But like you know, you primed yourself in that float tank. You know, like that's uh, really great. And you are like you know, thoughts are real, are things. Like you know, you're actually physically creating those connections in your brain. So uh, it's really cool that we also have similar stories. Of, Bet that was really uh, therapeutic for you. Oh, dude! Yeah, I literally you... walked out and was like, <laughs> like "Am I a new human?" It's like so... I literally, I always. So there was this album that was go- that was out during this, and it's a Kid Cudi and Kanye West song called "Reborn," 
And I was listening to that before I went in there, and I came out and I was like, I just literally was reborn. Like, that was weird. Like, the yeah. consciousness level that I was able to achieve after that was life-altering, and it just helped me to focus and to be more honed into my crafts and just working on things I cared about. And once I, like I said, I stopped worrying about everything on the outside, and I started worrying about what was happening in the present time for me right now, I was like, Psh. You got this. It's a hack, man. It's yeah. only a life hack. It so really is. I encourage everybody to go do a float tank right now. <laughs> it's kind of expensive. I'm not going to lie. Like, I kind of want to yeah. buy one just because it's that expensive. Yeah, I kind of made my own, really. It's uh, just at home. I had this big, like, hot tub that wasn't being used. Mm-hmm. And I just got in it. Uh, you know, I was at my parents' house. They, they weren't using it. So I just put a bunch of magnesium in it. Like, and I just got started used to put, like, dead sea salt, mm-hmm. put, like, different things, like, been in, like, clay, different things like that, and I kind of played around with it and had, like, a, you know, solution where I would get in it and just visualize, like you said. Mm-hmm. So, that was really therapeutic for me, uh, along with neurofeedback, that's really what made a big impact. You know, the, the small things that you gradually do, they add up to the biggest, like, it's really, you I'm don't so see it coming. And it's also the same way with, like, losing in a, something in life. Mm-hmm. There's a text that's written about death by a thousand cuts or ten thousand cuts, but it's just like all those little cuts, you know, they don't kill you, yeah. but eventually you're going to bleed out. But it's yeah. also the same way, but if you mend those cuts slowly but surely, you're going to be okay. And you're going to just. So I always say what I used to do is when life would hand me bricks, I'd let it weigh me down. But now I use those bricks to build something cool or like yeah. to like build something out of it. It's really like Legos now. It's it is, yeah, yeah. I don't step on them anymore. And yeah. God, use them to get to. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you use them to get to where you want to go. Yeah, you don't have the Lego problem. We step on it. Yeah, yeah, man. That's probably that's up there in the most painful things, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Besides traumatic brain injuries and head injuries, like that's like number two. That traumatized me yeah. as a kid. I, yeah. I stepped on it. I actually got uh, way more um, like tra- trauma in my life from that than my actual head injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that was damn like, that was good. <laughs> Everybody knows what we're talking about, too. That's why this is awesome. Maybe yeah. not everyone knows about head injuries, but I can tell you everyone knows about how bad a freaking Lego hurts yeah. when you step on it at midnight. But in all seriousness, though, like, yeah, head injuries are no joke, and we know that, and... Uh, yeah, there's so much hope out there. I mean, man, it's so much opportunities to, yeah, it's it's amazing how far even every year I just feel like things are just coming out for people. Do you think that the influence of athletes getting CTE was what really drove this to be such an important thing? Like, obviously people suffer from Alzheimer's and dementia. My grandpa has Alzheimer's, so that's like a huge thing that I want to build awareness on and to help people to prevent because, like, I've had a head injury, and it's, like, probably more, I mean, it's, like, li- literally proven that it's more likely I will have Alzheimer's or dementia because of that. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be able to help people to build these neuropathways back and to build strength in your head because you don't, like you said, you don't have to be this way. No. We can we can yeah. beat this. Like, so do you think that that is the main reason it's really happened, or do you think there's just because of access to the technology you're talking about, maybe even just exposure to being able to do more studies? Uh, what do you think has made this explosion happen? Yeah, so I really think, like, you know, what what's a better way to get stuff out there than a movie, right? So, like, the concussion movie, that was big, too. But really, this has been brewing for a while, and uh, 
I think it was a lot to do with NFL and CTE that was occurring. You know, people were really putting in a lot of uh, effort to figure that out. So um, that had a lot to do with it. Just the millions of cases a year. You know, I mean, I think it's it's got to be like one in five. I don't remember the exact statistics, but one in five people report having a head injury. But you know, so many people misdiagnose that. Like, I see that a lot with brain injuries on the maps. You know, you can see a brain injury with a QEG or something like that, and the people or you know the person I'm doing it on I'm asking like, have you ever had a head injury? And they start thinking, and they're like, well. I don't think, think so. I did. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that time I raised up and hit my head really hard, and then I got lightheaded, I got a concussion. And it's like, probably. Probably so. And these <laughs> are, even though they seem minuscule like that, that really add up like we were talking about. So uh, you really don't become, I've, I've had that myself, honestly. Uh, you don't have insight into your awareness. Mm-hmm. You lose that, really. It's kind of like it goes, it gets blunted, really. It's um, so a lot of people that I'll see, it's just they'll say, oh, uh, I didn't, yeah, I do struggle with that. And I'm like, man, that's that's exactly like, so there's a deep meaning behind this. It's like, it's, it feels so rewarding when you can just like, you know, solving a problem that someone doesn't know they have, but it's really affecting them. It's like, it's it feels good to be a part of that. It was like with me, unfortunately, when I had my head injury, it was like what led me to lose all my weight. So, like, it was just, like, my doctor was pretty much, like, you cannot heal your brain the way that it's supposed to because you have high blood pressure and you have all these problems that you're facing. And he's, like, until you can beat that, then you're probably not going to be able to beat your head injury. Wow. And it was, like, a way more nice way to talk about it, but he said it in that way. Okay, yeah. And, And so... I took it and was like, all right, so I need to obviously start losing weight. I started literally losing weight like that day. But I also was being exposed to this literature and this content that was also like, all right, like you can also practice breathing and getting more oxygen to your brain will help or to just meditate and to allow those brain waves to run a different way than they normally do. So you're not just focusing on just one way of working. And it was just like you allow rest to happen because you're doing this. And then also just all these different but yeah, just what we would one day think, oh, this is an orthodox or this is not the can like the regular way that's we're starting to find out, like you said, it's being demystified and like we're finding really cool hacks actually to make yourself be better. And not even people that just have brain injuries. That's what's so cool about this is hey, if you're listening to this right now, hey, you can you can go to hundred and thirty percent now instead of just a hundred because there's so many hacks that you can do to change your life and that's what what you're doing is so cool. Not only is it going to help people that do have brain injuries, but also it's going to help them to realize, all right, like, let's go to that next level that I didn't really know was there. Like, that, that we in the zone, but we about to go to even more in the zone. Yeah, I love that. Yes, exactly. That's uh, great. I love all that you said there. Um, man, I'm speechless right now. That's good. <laughs> no, you're right. It's exactly like that. We're, we're on a movement now where it's like, let's not just get better. Like let's let's thrive now. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's exactly what I, it's like. Beyond the healing, you know, it's like after you've healed, it's like let's go, let's keep going. Mm-hmm. Like I'm on this momentum. There's no reason to stop. Uh, you yeah, got plenty of uh, activity going on up there. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, so isn't the brain the last thing that stops working when you die? If I'm not mistaken, like, yeah, you, like uh, you have like brain wave activities even after you're dead. Oh, for sure. And there's an interesting study I found with brain waves. Uh, when people had near-death experiences or out-of-body 
Um, there was so classic in the in like the past when doctors would um, see no brain activity on the on the EEG, they would think the brain dead or that they're dead. Finally, uh, well, sometimes the brain is there's that's why it gets more into like the non-physical like that they were still aware even though the brain wasn't on they could detect accurately what was going on on the out-of-body experience so um it really shows that we have a lot to learn <laughs> still and it's always a, a an endeavor that keeps keeps going um but also to say too about like with just kind of digress with the head injuries you know in the past what i heard too is like you know sleep on it get rest but mm. they don't work either no no they're yeah. <laughs> And honestly, it works differently for everybody, though, too. Right. It's like people are finding it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's so true. There's so many know. different ways we might have to fix this. Yeah. It's a lot of interventions, really. It's really like, that's why I say the best uh, treatment is prevention. Mm-hmm. So it's like taking yes, the precautions. Yes, yes, yes. But, you know, it's like, you know, my story, too. I, there, It's just, it's an accident. You never know. Yeah, you yeah. never know. So it's might happen, and then... You know, I always say that we should have... Why didn't we get designed like woodpeckers? You know, like we had that little like... <laughs> yeah. We could just we knock wish. our heads out of the hell yeah. out of a tree. That's right. It's yeah. so true. I mean, I saw one of those the other day and I was like, what in the world? Like, the light How did we make this happen for us? There's no brain damage either. Like yeah. there's there's no... Like they have that protection. Which given they only do like five functions, you know, they, don't, they can't think about, oh, I'm on a floating space <laughs> rock going through an infinitely expanding space cosmos with all these beta brain waves, theta brain waves, alpha brain waves... You know, they're literally like, I'm going to find this worm in this tree, and i got to move my head like a billion miles per hour. Yeah, like, it's not fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so maybe that's why they're able to do that. Our evolution of our brain was like, you know what, we're not, that's not an important thing for us, so your brain doesn't need to be that hard. It would be nice, I guess, but as we've found out the hard way, the unhard way, we've yeah. actually found out how unhard our head is. I mean, just like... The, the woodpecker is a golf ball size and we have like this big three pound mass melon yes exactly and it's just uh, I don't know I don't know exactly what nature was thinking right there but I'm sure there's something some yeah. reason for well, it well man um, <laughs> this has been awesome and I want to honestly have you on like frequently because there's so many things we can talk about and um, unfortunately I do have another interview so I kind of have to do cut sweet it, man but but I do want to touch on a few more things. Um, so what is your biggest goal for this year? Um, and especially in terms of neuroscience, but also we can talk about anything. Just what, what's a big thing that you're hoping to achieve this year? To commercialize and make mainstream uh, neurofeedback and brain coaching. To help uh, spread awareness and to have like a society where mental health is a necessity and not a luxury to make it very commercialized for everyone to be able to afford and access this these great technologies out here and uh, help people to get their life back and then thrive after that. And to just close, you have like a mission statement you want to close with. And also before you say that, where can people find you online and also through like social media and stuff like that? Well, yeah. So a uh, mission statement would be to I, – I kept – you know, speaking of mantras and things, I tell myself, heal the world right before bed usually. I mean, I know that it's kind of like, it helps me feel good. I could, mm-hmm. you know, and I wake Just up. ending on that note is important. And waking up, and I've done this thing where I'll set intention for the day. It'll be one word, and I'll make sure that I can filter my reticular activating system. It's really what I'm looking for, and I can find ways to 
to help more people and, and things. So uh, you can find me at Brain Health Fitness uh, Instagram. Um, that's the big uh, social media platform for me right now. I have a website on there too, but uh, things are kind of in progress. I'm working with a big company. I, I don't know if they'd want me to say their name just yet, but um, that's, big things are in the works. Big things are very much in the works nationwide with this company. And, uh, uh, I'm yes. a little bit familiar with this company, so I hope this works out because Thanks. it sounds Thanks, like they do some pretty cool stuff. So I definitely hope that works out for you. Thank uh, you so but much. Dude, thank you so much. We have so much more to talk about. Uh, but listen to him. Go check him out on his Instagram. Uh, he has some awesome information to just elaborate on some of the things that we talked about, but also so many more things. And thank you so much if you're listening to the What the Shuck podcast. I am so grateful. And this has been such an awesome experience. I've actually done three interviews already today. And just the reps of constantly getting better and better and better. Just how you do with your own brain, just constantly being focused and willing to work on it and understanding some days you might not be your best, but the thing is that you do constantly put in that effort. And uh, I have one more interview with Ryan Allen of Magnolia Volibard. I'm super excited about that. He's about to be on Railbird this August and uh, he plays in that band and it's just been super cool to be able to meet people of all walks of life with this podcast. So if you're listening, thank you so much. Please like, please subscribe, and thank you so much for checking out What the Shuck. And most importantly, don't forget to live the dream. Thanks, man. It's been an honor. Yep, thanks, bud. Thanks, man. This is good.